Oh, all right. Hey guys, it has been a minute. Oh my gosh. Hi. Uh, we are, well, we're a few episodes later now. Uh, and you know what that means? It means time for more patrons to be read off by yours truly. So without further ado, a huge thank you. Shout out to Jeremy Dunlap, Zarg, Kyle Quinby, Julata Pang, the Pancake Renegade, Murray, Rosemary's Baby, Reese, your mom, Stuart Mumford, Hi Tricoski, Sarah Royer, Zach724, Kenneth Shaughnessy, The Sosuke, Stephen Jennings, SCP Archives, Robo Ghost World, Madame, Morgan Coburn, Tommy Fitzpatrick, The Bat Sammy, Cinder Soul, Hashtag Team Slurpee, Dwayne McGessy, Hope Von Gunton, Nick, Penguins are the best, Demon Cat Talia, Christopher Walker, Gideon Ebling, and everyone else who listens to our show. We we are at 31 patrons now, and it's been a while since I've looked at the list, but holy crap, that's that's crazy. Um, thank you guys so much for your support. It means the world to us. Um, I hope you guys do really enjoy this uh, new transition into our next setting. Um, it's been a lot of fun recording it. We record a lot of episodes ahead. So just, I, re- I really think you guys will really like it. So enjoy and have a wonderful, wonderful day. The following podcast contains material which may not be suitable for all listeners. Full content warnings are available in the show notes. Previously on Meddling with Monsters. I got a call this morning. Um, to call him my agent is to be nice to him. Um, but that's basically what he is. Well, I, you know, the reason I called you so early is because I wanted to get this incredible new job offer on your desk as soon as possible. It's yeah. you, Victor Carlino, Atlantis, a job. She <sighs> wants to speak with you. What does he want? Did he tell you what he wants? He wants you. He wants to talk to you. He apparently has a job for you. It seems really important because he kind of low-key threatened to break my kneecaps if I didn't bring it across to you. Right, so, uh, Victor Carlino, Atlantis, sounds like fun, no broken kneecaps, that sounds absolutely fucking bonkers, I love it. A job is a job. That's what Luke told himself, toiling under the murky twilight that filtered in from the dome above. The dome smeared the sun's glow coming in during the day, and at night, a mass of light pollution rose up from the city like steam off of the back of an exhausted creature. This ensured that Atlantis was always in a sort of twilight state, unmoored from the natural flow of time. It seemed appropriate to Luke, The place was a purgatory of sorts, after all. He had originally come here with grander notions of making a name for himself in the big city, but the need to make rent and keep his stomach above empty had erased those dreams with a devastating efficiency. He needed work, and one of the quickest ways to get work in Atlantis was finding someone that needed something less than legal done, and to do it without asking any questions. It really wasn't that bad, to be honest. Not that different from jobs he had worked before. 
All he had to do was wait at the same warehouse for the trucks to come in and unload the boxes that they had in tow. That, and to never try and look inside the boxes, even if they made noise. Especially if they made noise. Tonight was not any different. Another truck, another set of boxes. Luke claps his hands as he sets down the last of them. He calls out for the driver to let him know he's done. The driver tonight is Mike. Mike's a large, affable beetle person, and while he and Luke are not friends, per se, they'll share a cigarette or two after a delivery, and that more than passes for friendship in this line of work. After a beat, Mike still hasn't responded. Luke approaches the truck, about to call for Mike again, when the sight inside the vehicle stops him cold. It's Mike. Pieces of him, at least, strewn all over the cabin of the truck, viscera oozing out of jagged, fractured pieces of carapace. Luke stumbles back, tripping over his legs, landing against something hard and metallic. He scrambles as fast as he can, trying to see what's behind him, but he is not fast enough. And the sound of mechanical whirring is followed by a violent crunch as a foot lands hard in the center of Luke's chest, pinning him to the pavement. Any hope of making a scream is crushed out of him, but Luke's bulging, terrified eyes tell the story of his emotions perfectly well. The whirring intensifies as the foot pushes down harder until a sharp crack and a squelch is heard as Luke's entire ribcage is splintered and caved in, his body going limp and lifeless in response. The foot then withdraws. The whirring sounds signal its owner is walking steadily towards the inside of the warehouse. The eternal gray twilight of Atlantis cascades down upon Mike and Luke's broken, twisted bodies. Indifferent, as always, to the fates of those who are foolish, greedy, or desperate enough to call it home. My name is Ashton Gren, comedian, technical orphan, lover, and of course a professional monster hunter by trade. It's my job to deal with things that normal people would consider absolutely terrifying, or paranormal, or just downright insane. I once thought about writing a book about all of it for, you know, posterity, but decided not to. That was more of Grandpa's thing anyways. Though... Even if I were to write books about the things that I've seen, the places I've been, to write one on Atlantis would be a whole career of its own. Some call it a cesspool of the paranatural. Some call it home. And others, others mold it to fit their own needs. I don't visit often. So, when I got the call from Vivi telling me that a certain someone had a very important job for me, you can imagine my internal delight. Most normal cities are dangerous, but Atlantis takes that normal danger and throws in all the weird shit the universe throws into a blender and lets it mix into a smoothie. This visit is going to be different this time, however. This time, I got some groupies. 
<laughs> Why are we monologuing, Ashton? Get, get out of my head. Stop it. It's like this This recording is happening while they're driving. And Dan is just like, I think this one has lost their mind. He just pulls out one of those like lower quarters. I vision it like Twin Peaks, Dale Cooper style. Like, Diane, fetch me one of those. Um, so, speaking of Ashton and his groupies, and what's that or Jimmy's groupies? I'll take your pick. Do I have to be a groupie? You know, I don't know. You can assert yourself more. We'll we'll see. Anyways, y'all have left Portera. You packed up. Ashton, have you you've told the group where you're headed, right? You have given them at least the destination. Yeah. How much information have you given to them? He shared that he shared the fact that we are all going to Atlanta because that's yes. where we have to go. You motherfuckers. <laughs> and he also mentioned the hotel that we are going to have to go to. Did you give them the name of the hotel? Absolutely. The name of the hotel that everyone is heading to in Atlanta is called the Gateway Hotel. Appropriately enough, right? And is it in like, without getting too much into the specifics, is it in more like downtown Atlanta or is it more kind of in the uh, outer outskirts or whatever? Definitely downtown. Okay, fun. That's going to be intriguing getting a Winnebago into downtown Atlanta with all that traffic. Oh, Um, (laughs) jeez. Didn't even think about that. That's... That's a horror all on its own. Yeah, that's, that's going to be... Uh, that, that, if y'all hit two hours and Dizzy, it turns into God, like five hours. Know. Honestly, that would be kind of funny. Um, <laughs> that's so, how it happens. It's like, we've been sitting in bumper-to-bumper traffic for like half an hour. Do you need help? I think maybe even knowing the traffic's going to be bad for the next little bit, y'all have pulled up into a rest stop just kind of outside Atlanta. Um, you guys have left Portera, packed up. And I guess we'll start with Ashton, you know, in the car. What, what would you be doing at the rest stop, Ashton? Because here's the thing. Dane, do you need snacks? Dane requires snacks. Yes. And you cannot go out and get them anymore, can you? No, because I am wanted. And I look very much more like a monster. I, cannot, yeah. I can't fit in anymore. Yeah. Um, so, Ashton, would you be going to get Dane some snacks? I suppose... Okay, can we start the scene? Maybe you're coming back to the car with, can you describe what snacks you've acquired? Uh, Definitely has like about the three main flavors of like Doritos that you can get from like a vending machine. So like the purple bag, which is like more spicy one. Like like, spicy chili. Yeah, and then you got like Cool Ranch and uh, nacho cheese. And he just has like six of those. And he's just like carrying them back and he walks over to the car and he like opens the door and he leans in and he's like, all right, uh, I didn't know which one was your favorite, so I just kind of got you one of each, and by one I mean two of each. And, I, and you know, of course I got Slappy something. Yep, definitely. Here you go. <laughs> I suppose this will do. <laughs> kind of take the Doritos and just, like, look at them. I would prefer something sweeter, but... I will start with the this one. And looks at the purple bag and then will take the other purple bag and uh hand it to Slurpee. <laughs> she just she doesn't open the bag, she just eats the bag. Dane Dane will look at uh Slurpee and says Fair enough. Why bother with the mess? And we'll also do the same. Yes. <laughs> do you do you use do you use your human your human yes. God given mouth to do that yes. crime with? Okay. Yes. 
Uh, Ashton looks on in kind of horror and then he shrugs and then he goes, you know, this is actually a lot better than you guys making a mess of my car, so that's fair enough. Mm. Yes, we should prevent the last uh, last time. No more rotting corpses in bags. Now you have two garbage disposals. Wait, I was supposed to get all the dead bodies out of my car. <sighs> we can get rid of them. Okay. Better, not, better not to cause a ruckus with the others. Things are tenuous as they are. Yeah, I don't. I don't there might be like. I, I actually don't know. I will search later. Yes. Everything about this is awful. <laughs> You're welcome. It's 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 Clyde, it's Clyde and uh, Chris improving. The worst things are gonna happen. Oh, absolutely. That's Very how it works. <laughs> Do we want to cut over to the other vehicle? Is that okay? Yeah, that's good. Okay. Inside the Winnebago. Uh, no, I guess for, let's describe. Yeah, what do we see inside the Winnebago? This is for Celeste and Tempest. You want to go first, or should I? Uh, how about let's start off with the, uh, it's definitely the others would hear from the outside. You would just, you would just hear Cassandra being like, do not touch that with your bare hands. But, 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 Jimmy. No, do not, do not touch that book with your bare hands. Jimmy, look here. I think Tempest digs into their bag, pulls out a blank book. And hands it to Jimmy. Just keep hold of that for a minute. Oh, is this, this, is this like some important science stuff? Yes. All oh, the pages are blank. <laughs> yeah, I have to fill them. Okay. I mean, is it, is it like really critical? Uh, it's pretty important. Mm, okay, I can see why you've entrusted this to someone such as myself. No, no, sorry. I'll go keep this. I'll go keep this over. And he, um, he walks over. Have y'all laid the tarp out for him yet? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do we need to describe that? Yes, please. Well, because Jimmy is a sort of walking glitter dispenser in the form of blue moth dust, we have laid out a tarp. He stays on it and I vacuum the tarp. Um, he has his bag set out in the middle of the tarp and he kind of takes the little book you've given him and he just sort of hops, um hops into the bag which is kind of his little extra space so the two of you have a brief i'm sure precious deeply precious moment of jimmy free time here (sighs) how long do you think it'll take him to figure out that that's a blank journal no idea but i am cherishing the silence and you know the fact that we didn't have to deal with the mothman with numb arms Because that's what this book does. Noted. Um, Do we need gloves for doing this? Yes. Can y'all describe the scene, what you see y'all doing, by the way? So at the scene, at the scene we're at where uh, Tempest's library is, and with that having set up some extra shelves, Cassandra is uh, sitting on the floor and their bag is beside them open. And surrounding them are piles of what look to be uh, mystical 
tomes. A lot of them are covered in either mysterious runes or they're glowing a bit or they just, they're just, they don't look like normal books. We are organizing the library. Something I wanted to do briefly here, because listening back to the episodes, I realized we haven't always done a perfect job of this, is describing mechanically what's occurring here, just so the audience kind of knows that in case it comes up. And so, you know, like we've had a couple custom moves come up with like Tempest or Dane getting to the Haven in the form of the egg, which I didn't really describe oh, yeah, that's true. in yeah. session and I probably could have done a little better job of. So I'll have you, Celeste, do you want to describe what it is that you're actually adding as part of your upgrade? So this is a, a level up that Cassandra specifically got, but we worked it into yeah. Tempest's Haven. Yes. I can't, can't wait to use my egg again. Yes. <laughs> your safe space. Tane's just going to go in the back seat and it's like, I'm going to take a nap. And then eggs. Egg. <laughs> Ooh, the last time you came out of that egg, but I don't know if Dane wants to go back in that egg again. Uh, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't be willingly. But once, you know. Does if- Dane know? Oh, wait, the shell was there. I was like, does Dane know it's shaped like an egg? Yeah, yeah I don't know. We'll see. Probably, probably not. Um, Celeste, did you have it pulled up? So with the spooky playbook, when I level up, there's an option to take a mystical library, which that is from the expert playbook. And so with the mystical library, um, it reads, if you use your library's occult tomes and grimoires, preparing with your tomes and grimoires, words. eh. It's a weird word. Yeah. Take plus one forward to use magic. Awesome. Yeah, so it's kind of, in a way, the complement to Tempest's lore library, which gives you plus one to investigate a mystery, but this is useful. Um, so I think we can kind of loosely say that both Tempest and Cassandra will have access to this. Mm. Others might technically too, but how their ability to navigate it, if they weren't there for the organizing of it, might be hampered. So we'll see if that The system up. of organization is arcane. <laughs> it's also uh, sticky notes uh, put on any books that you're not supposed to touch with bare hands or sticky, important sticky notes. <laughs> okay. Um, so y'all are setting this up. Any particularly interesting looking books that we see you putting up or anything you comment on them? Uh, definitely some very interesting books. Well, you... Uh, have one that looks like it comes from the depths of hell. And what does a book from the depths of hell look like? The Necronomicon? So this one actually, so this book, you wouldn't suspect it'd be a magical book. It more actually, you would question why somebody would have it because it looks like an, a book that has been burned. If you were to touch it, it looked like it would turn into ash. But as Cassandra would explain to Tempest, it is actually a catalog of not only all the types of demons that you would find in hell, but other important things like what would their weaknesses be and stuff like that. Uh, Cassandra isn't willing to speak much about how they obtained this book, (laughs) just saying that uh, it's nice to have it handy. So uh, hell is real. Fire, brimstone, demons. Does that mean God is real? I don't know. I haven't met God. (laughs) (laughs) It's a possibility. I'm just going to stick with being an atheist because I don't want to unpack this. That's fair enough. Uh, Cassandra does also pull one that Tempest might like. (laughs) Go on. Again, this book looks very old. But seems to also have a book cover that looks to be made of a tanned hide of some sort of like sea creature. Uh, it's not exactly scaly, but it's something definitely similar to like a whale, like a humpback whale or something like that. 
but it's not exactly that. You, it's not exactly like a whale. I think they will, immediate reaction is to reach for it, and then they know better and they pull back and go, this looks fun. And with that, Cassandra will know, uh, yeah, uh, that, that is safe to touch. Um, that is just also another catalog. It's not a comprehensive guide on sea creatures or creatures, uh, any other uh, monsters that you would find in the deep, because this is quite an old edition. But it's still quite an interesting read. I think their eyes make like cartoon dollar signs and they go, Would you mind if I had a look over that? Yeah, uh, go ahead. I figured you would have an interest in it. They will put it on a shelf, but they will make a mental note of where it is and they will be back for that. Because they have some very specific things they want to be looking up. As, you know, as Cassandra's like pulling out the books, it's like you can see variety from catalogs of creatures to spells to some in languages Tempest cannot comprehend. So, uh, who wrote all of these? Like, who studies these things? I mean, uh, a lot of people. It's like any other study of anything. There's a whole collection of people, whether they're working together or not. Though, sometimes we don't even know who authored or even made any of these books. Huh. That's interesting. Remind me to look more into that. It seems kind of like what I'm trying to do, except they're writing it down. Yeah, there's there's definitely well it's it's definitely not everybody going out into the you know field and hunting down monsters. There's definitely a more academic sense of it in terms of uh books like these. They look like every single nerdy little dream in their head is coming true and they're like, Yes! There is study. I can learn without having to get shot again. <laughs> this magic ward protects against bullets. <laughs> I cast bulletproof vest upon myself. Let's hope it's super effective. Oh my god. Be immortal. With that, like Cassandra Pun mentioning that, like Tempest being like excited that there's an aspect to this that isn't monster hunting. <laughs> they hesitate at first, but then like look to some tempest and say so after finding you know finding all this out that you could just go out and study this basically what i'm trying to ask is why why are you staying and doing all of this after everything that's happened you've you've had a close call you were turned into a monster and Ashton managed to change you back. Not a lot of us have that chance. They stop for a second, and they look like they're thinking it over. I don't really know. There are still questions I want answers, but if there are ways to get the answers to them without, you know dying that would be good too but I don't really want to just leave y'all like we're we're friends now I I I don't know I I have to think about it I'm saying with people like 
you have an out now, and I get it, you know, uh, or well, at least I, I think I get it, that, you know, bonds start to form when people go through, like, dangerous situations. <laughs> but, I don't know, I just, I can't seem to understand why curiosity keeps people in when after they see why it's so dangerous and the possibility of never returning to the life that they had before. I won't stop you from doing anything because it's not my place to. I just can't comprehend why you would stay. They do look uncomfortable. I just... <sighs> I... It sounds stupid. I just can't let go with trying to understand these things. I've tried a lot. <sighs> I don't know. I... I have to think. And that's if I can go back to normal and pretend everything's fine. They sort of wave their burned hand with the runes on it. I still don't know what any of this does or the effects it's going to have. It could not be an option. I don't know. Well, at least you're not going out this alone. They get a smile for that. Yeah, exactly. You got tons of help. It's fine. Over at Jimmy's there. God damn it. <laughs> Jimmy, you can tell, is holding the book in one hand and just sort of snacking on some... I just got a bowl of popcorn. He's just sitting there eating it. You don't know how long he's been there. Because he's a terrible, stupid boy. He does have the book still. Do, do you still need me to hold this? Yes. If you don't mind, it would be a help. Okay, no worries. He has like a little smirk on his face. Oh, Jimmy, what crimes have you committed? <laughs> what crimes hasn't Jimmy committed? Do you ask? <laughs> oh, I do not. But I do want to know the answer. Uh, you hear a knock on the Winnebago door. Hey, hey, guys. Um, we're getting ready to ship out. Right. I, uh, I apologize. Were we in character given any information about where we're going other than that it's to a hotel? And that, that it's a gateway to Atlantis, I assume. Ashton, I, this is for you. I, I, Yeah, he said that that's the, like, a way to Atlantis that we will be taking. Do we... Well, I, I've never been. You know that. I assume a couple of you have. What is this process of getting there like? I usually go a different way. I never used this one before. Although, although critically, I was sort of thinking... Um, you know, just sort of with you, like, I don't know, have you ever been that way? He sort of gestures to Cassandra. No, I've never been to Atlantis, other than, oh, well, going through the bag, oh, like the briefly. Bag, yeah, the bag, the bag thing. Yes. The bag thing. Like, why, don't, why don't we just all take the bag? Just, just whoop, Can't in fit a Winnebago in a bag. Oh, I yeah, think. okay, so I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that. I had something I could do that could, like, help. Um, I, uh... And he hands you a bumper sticker. Question, what is on the bumper sticker? 
Very critical question, my dear. It is a cartoon drawing of a bus in the very general style of the magic school bus, um, but clearly a knockoff. And written underneath it, it says the mystical omnibus. <laughs> I love that, actually. I, uh, Jimmy, <laughs> what is this? It's a bumper sticker. Have you never seen one of those before? I am assuming it is not a normal bumper sticker. Okay, good. You are picking up on things a little bit faster. That's good. All that had to happen was you turn into a fish, and now you ask the right questions. Jimmy? Yeah? What is it? I said it was a bumper sticker, but then, okay, that's right. You said not a normal kind of bumper sticker, so are you asking what it does? Let's go with that. All right, now asking the right questions is a very, I mean, you're a scientist, I figured you would have got this, but it's okay, I'll help They you look um, like they are about to say so. something and they are keeping it in through sheer force of will. Okay, so what you're gonna do, this is a, since, you know, we might be heading into different places where a Winnebago of this size and shape in general car-like nature may not exactly work, a function, a fit or whatever. This right here, you stick this on the back and then you just gotta think the right thoughts and while you're driving, while you got it on, while you're in the Winnebago and or you're outside of it and you touch the sticker and, and it should do what you need it to do and be the shape you need it to be. What are the right thoughts? Well, in this case, maybe small when we get there. Um, like, like, like portable. That's the thing. Pocket Bago. <laughs> so I have to think small thoughts. Yeah, it's like the Peter Pan movie, right? This does you not know? come naturally for all of us. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, why do you think I've had... That's why I'm giving it to you. I have such trouble using it because all my thoughts are so enormous and everything. But then again, you could make a big bus. If you got those big thoughts, you could just make a big bus and just start a big Winnebago and just kind of like... I don't know, there's probably some cool stuff you could do with a really big Winnebago. <laughs> you can make like one of those like big robots. Big robot suit Winnebago. God. Okay. Yeah, Mechabago. We go from like Winnebago. <laughs> we, we go from Winnebago to Bigabago to Mechabago. Minabago. Minabago! And then we go down to Minibago. Tempest is just staring at Jimmy, and you can tell that there are so many rude things that they are doing their best not to say. Jimmy wouldn't pick up on them anyways. All right. So I just stick it on the outside then? Oh, you also, you're going to want to know there's another piece that you're going to want to have with it to make sure it works right. He hops down in the bag again for a few seconds, is comes back up, hands you a Yes, the whole time. <laughs> Great. Um, he comes back up with a uh, with another bumper sticker, and this one just says, uh, "Student driver, please give space." <laughs> this is a very important extra feature of it. And what does this one do? It doesn't do anything. Magic is just if you drive the Winnebago when you're not used to it, you might look kind of dumb, and you want to give you know people a heads up. I'll keep it in mind. I stole this from a driver's ed course. So it's pretty funny. <laughs> You drive. Oh, I wasn't supposed to be attending the class or anything. Why? Uh, you know what? I... It's a long story. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we ain't got time for that. Come on. I 
feel like we've been on this scene for a little bit too long. We should transition on to the next thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, they're gonna stick the bumper sticker, not the student driver one, onto my innovator. Alright, you know what? If any of the drivers in Atlanta some places get mad at you and you don't get the student drive, then you know, they might get even angrier. Whatever. You know what? I'll keep it in the front seat so I can wave it at them. How about that? That's not really how these things work, but whatever. Alright, you know? I'm not gonna argue with you. Your funeral, whatever. Whatever. Um, and, and then <laughs> from that, um, to be polite, but they're an asshole. Yeah. Celeste, was there anything you wanted? I didn't want to just cut you out of that, even though it was an exchange between. No, okay. no, no. Yeah. Just watching this. <laughs> then I think if we're good, I assume you don't use the sticker yet, right? Cause you're not actually in where you would need to. You still need to drive your car. No. Can I just turn it into one of those like really tiny cars to, just to get through Atlanta better? If you want to try, turn the Winnebago into like so. A, this is a actually, sedan. you know what? Please, please try to do that because I want to see what happens. I do want us to get there and not take too much longer, but I think that's appropriate. I think there's a move. I don't have it though. Yes. So this is another good chance for us to explain the mechanics of what it is we're trying to do. Um, I'll look it up because I do have it, and I'll post it in the chat. <laughs> this is a good move. So we basically what we did um, for the audience and kind of for everyone else's sake is. Daisy was getting an upgrade for Tempest and they could get a new feature on their Haven. And we looked at the options that were there, especially since the whole idea of a mystical library was something that would fit Cassandra more and that's what they've ended up picking. And we wanted to give them something. Tempest is actually leveled up twice. So the once is the whole fish thing, which we'll get into when it comes up again. And then they also got this upgrade, which we decided to work in as a gift from Jimmy. Um, gift is obviously, you know, maybe a little bit kind. But Is he going to ask me for a favor later? No, there will no be you no know, strings attached from this. It's just, you know, who knows how. You, you, as we'll read the move off, you'll see in a sec. Um, All-terrain, or all-terrain Winnebago, if you want to call it that. Your haven is mobile and can adapt to travel through a wide, perhaps not limitless, but wide variety of terrains, including underwater, the air, underground, etc., when you travel through a new terrain, such as Atlanta traffic in this case, <laughs> roll plus weird... <laughs> On a 10 plus, choose all three. On a seven to nine, choose two. On a six or below, choose one. So no matter what, the, your Winnebago will change. It's just a matter of how good it is. So the three options you can get are, the exterior is perfectly suited to the environment. No damage will be done to the vehicle by the elements around it, such as Atlanta traffic. <laughs> 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 the interior is comfortable and sustainable. It's temperature shielded, oxygen supplied, gravity anchored, or whatever other modifications are needed. Essentially, it is as if the vehicle was traveling down a road at comfortable speeds. The last one is the most critical one. It looks incredibly rad as hell. Describe how rad it looks and get praise heaped upon you. <laughs> all, hunters all hunters take plus one ongoing to any rolls using charm as long as the vehicle is involved in some way. <laughs> the epitome of what the fuck? Yes. I, I love this. Okay. Yes. So, so I have to roll plus yeah. weird. I have nothing in weird. Which is fantastic. Dude, dude. <laughs> Please be like. What you got? Did you pull a Dane? I rolled a fucking 12. God baby. damn it. Oh, okay. Okay. So I think this is, this is what happens then. I'll color it a little bit. You were trying to make a smaller car, right? Like not a flight, just a sedan or something is what I got. Mm-hmm. Prius, Civic, just very small. 
Okay. I'm going to be intrigued how you make that look rad as hell, but I'll leave that up to it's, you. It's got <gasps> flames on it. <laughs> it even makes it go a little faster. No, no, it's, it's, what was it? It's dependability makes people admire it. No, it's got racing stripes and a massive spoiler as big as the car. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not about dependability. No. The only thing I thought of was it's painted in a blistering shade of purple with spray painted flames at maybe a wizard. I <laughs> love this. Yes. <laughs> okay, so um, the, as far as the the exterior is perfectly suited to the environment, I will interpret that as like you've literally got like almost a magical anti, you know, getting bumped or rear-ended barrier so that no damage is done to the vehicle in traffic. Got autopilot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the interior is comfortable and sustainable. I think what happens is. You tell me, do we want to go TARDIS pocket dimension style with this? Or how do you want to interpret this, Daisy? I think that would be very fun. Okay. Yeah. It is literally just kind of, it's, and it's the other nice thing. It's not super disconcerting. Like it would definitely be weird, but it feels, it's not like, you know, super strange or whatever. Like things kind of line up almost in the way you would expect they would. If you try to enter or exit, it's just bigger. And we've talked about how it looks incredibly rad as hell. So um, I think, uh, I think when Jimmy sees that you're going to do this. Like, oh, just, just one sec, just one sec. Um, and he tosses you, like, he's trying to not, y'all are at a rest stop. He's a mothman. He's not going to just poke his head out. We should keep that in mind. He does toss you the same, I forget exactly what it was. Um, I don't even think we ever saw him set it up, but he tosses you a, a small um, little box. Don't open it. Just set it down while you do it so that no one kind of sees. Oh, yeah. Thanks. And then just push the little red button on top of it. And they do. And then you actually do see a a sort of shimmering dome appear, kind of like you saw when you and Em and Jimmy were talking, which you presume functions in a similar manner to shield outside observers. Hey everyone, it's Dana with this week's mid-break. I will try to keep it brief. I mostly just want to say thank you all so much for listening. It's really, really nice to be back to making regular episodes. We you know, took a break mailbag episode and then a few gap episodes and holiday special all of which were very fun and i hope you enjoyed all of them but boy does it feel good to be making content for our main story once again and i hope you guys are enjoying it we are doing something a little different with this arc there is still definitely a monster and a monster hunt and all of that but the players and i all kind of felt like we wanted to take things a little bit slower because uh, the first two arcs, everything is kind of bang, 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 bang. Monster of the Week is a fantastic system, but kind of the nature of it can lead to, you know, pretty fast paced arcs where the group has to really move in order to prevent the monster from killing everyone. So with this arc, we're going to still still be playing Monster of the Week, obviously, and still mostly keeping to that structure, but kind of giving the characters a bit more time to explore the city of Atlantis and kind of see what different little paths they want to go down or what things they want to do. And we're a few sessions into recording it now and it's been a lot of fun, a lot of really great character moments and just all around fun stuff. I think you guys are going to really love it. And if you love it so much, you would like to help support the show. You can do that at patreon.com slash You can follow us on Twitter at meddlingpod. We're also starting an Instagram and a Tumblr and the links to those will be in the description. 
Also critically, we have a Redbubble shop, which will be in the description. And we're going to be starting to put up some merch on there. So, you know, t-shirts. So, you know, we'll be starting with t-shirts with like the show's logo and some other art and things like that. And we'll slowly expand as we get more stuff. So if you want to, you know, put our super cool logo on your body, uh, I mean, you could get it tattooed, but if you want to be slightly less permanent about it, you could get a shirt. So, yeah, check that out if you're interested. And thank you all so much for supporting the show. That's pretty much it for this week. Um, the next episode should be coming out on February 8th. I am going to go ahead and say I intend to keep to our regular bi-weekly schedule, but I am working on another show, so I'm actually doing the sound design for this latest season of SCP Archives and Daisy's doing the editing, so we'll be busy with that. And I'm also kind of trying to finish up my PhD in the next few months. And as anyone who's ever done that knows, it's pretty intense. And this show is obviously really important to me and is a really nice kind of break away from a lot of that stuff. But, you know, it is still a fair amount of work to get these episodes out. So it's possible that with some of the busyness coming up over the next few months, our schedule might get disrupted. I really hope that that doesn't happen, but I want to make sure that me and everyone else involved in making the show is, you know, staying kind of mentally and physically healthy and not overstressing ourselves. So we'll make sure to communicate that uh, on Twitter and whatnot quickly so that y'all know, but just so that you're aware. Anyways, all things working out. We will see you guys on February 8th with another episode. And until then, enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you. Bye. All right, the car changes. The group heads off for Atlanta traffic. Honestly, the amusing bit now is that probably Tempest has the easiest time getting through and Ashton with his long, long hot rod is the one the most struggling with traffic. <laughs> I, I, I like the image that we're like, uh, either we're like, we see them zoot off in their uh, little fl- uh, purple flame hot rod uh, Prius and we're stuck in traffic and we're like, is that them? Jimmy's sticking his tongue out from the back window, <laughs> trying to be somewhat <laughs> subtle, but not doing a great job of it. <laughs> Does this car not also like have things to move other cars? I got this gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's su- episode title material right there. <laughs> yeah. I suppose that will work. <laughs> okay, we cannot we cannot turn this into the gang like no, causes no, no, no. A, a terrifying accident on the Atlanta freeway. No, no, Absolutely so, not. so what happens is what happens is is that everybody other than uh, Ashton and Dane head to Atlantis, and then that's it. <laughs> Those two, those two cause too much trouble. Yeah. It, it's the <laughs> fastest adventure we, we've ever had. We we split we split the party. It's um, everyone else in Atlantis doing their own adventure, and us dealing with Atlanta. So, it's not even like that. There's anything wrong. It's literally the next just season the adventures. of Atlanta is looking really strange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the adventures of Dana Ashton in Atlanta. Yeah, isn't Donald okay. Glover in that show? Yes, he's. Great I would show. love for Ashton Donald Glover to hang out. That would honestly be pretty funny. Um, Donald Glover, hit us up. We know you listen, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> please. That'd be dope. Uh-huh. That would be so fucking cool. That'd be so Any- cool. Anyways. So, anyways, Ashton, I assume, you know, Tempest and uh, Cassandra and Jimmy get there a little bit quicker, but you and M and everyone arrives at the hotel. Yeah, after lots of very difficult traffic and, you know, 
Ashton complaining, having a yelling match with a dude, and then eventually getting there. Yes, it happens. Dane, hood up. Stop yelling. Get back in the car. (laughs) (laughs) We have places to be. Come on. It's like when your mom gets angry at the cashier at the supermarket. You just want to leave. Oh, my God. Mom, come on. (laughs) Describe... um, Never had that happen before. My mom's a very quiet woman. (laughs) You pull up to the hotel. Can you describe what the exterior of the hotel looks like for us, Ashton? So the exterior of this kind of like specific hotel, it's kind of like that. It's one of those like fancy schmancy places where it's like clearly like five star. They have valets and stuff out front. You see like people pull up and they have like a parking garage and Everything looks very, like, formal and, like, very well-decorated. And there's, like, you know, obvious security for the place. It's, like, where, like, it's, like, those kind of hotels that you see in movies that, like, people of very high stature, like, go. Yeah, for sure. Rich people hotel. Okay, so, yeah, rich people hotel. Yeah, rich Um, people hotel. Okay, so you all pull up in the parking structure, whatever, of this thing. And what's the plan, Ashton? You're going to have to tell everyone. All right. Everybody got their bags together? Yeah. Yes. What about you, uh, M. Cassandra? I'm good. I'm ready. Ready? I actually think M is mildly... She knew that it was going to be like this. She, uh, she doesn't like leaving Cass behind, but she, I think, is, is going to do it. She's going to leave it in the parking garage. She's uh, like, I swear, if anything happens to this car, I'm going to strangle don't worry. It's like the most secure place. I leave cars here all the time. Fine. Actually, I think I can just make this thing smaller. It, it, I mean, if you can fit it all in your pocket, that's delightful. Uh, oh, I'm going to have to roll again, aren't I? Yes. Oh, yeah, to make it smaller. Make it, yeah, which make is it. why I was so amused you did it the first time. I was like, I was only making you do this once a session, but you want to do two rolls right in a row? So, I think your only concern with making it smaller is that if someone gets a hold of it, they could just, like, step on it. I was thinking of, you know that scene in Ant-Man where they shrink the building down to the size of a suitcase? Now, describe to me, I, I guess you go and you touch the, the, the bumper sticker again. What kind of thoughts are you thinking? Suitcase thoughts. So you wanna, do you want to turn it into suitcase size or turn your car into a suitcase? Turn it suitcase size. I don't think they think they can change its shape that much. Okay, go ahead and roll plus weird again. I just did, and it's a seven. Okay, not so you get to, the first time. No, but not as bad as it could be. So pick two. Pick two. Pick two. We're gonna do that. The exterior is perfectly suited to the environment around it, being small, and that the interior is comfortable and sustainable. Okay, I think there's still kind of the TARDIS effect thing. I'm trying. So, how how do you get inside of it? I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you get yourself out of that because I'm. I, they weren't planning on doing it right now. Okay, okay. So you said the interior is comfortable. So you don't do you, because I assume at some point you might want. That's wanna... for later. Okay, that's fine. For, we'll just that's, we'll for, leave... that's for future Daisy to deal right with. Right now they are picking up their suitcase car <laughs> and they're taking it with them. All right, I'm glad that's a. That's a delightful nebulous thing. I think y'all see the, like, what do they see the car do? Do they see it shrink or fold up or what? I think <laughs> that it just shrinks and it makes like a wee 
God, what the fuck can I you, do? I mean, you can slide a number 50. That's not outside the realm. Yeah! I was about to say something very similar. Like, if the roles were reversed and, like, let's say Cassandra was up oh, at the front, think about that. Yeah. I feel like Asha would walk up and be like, maybe I can change your mind and drop pennies very loudly on the counter. <laughs> I have a bag of five-week-old M&M's. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, I got a human corpse in the car. <laughs> you do not have to do anything. You don't have to help me. But if you did, that would be pretty poggers. Just giving y'all the chance. It would be pretty poggers. <laughs> Just because I feel like Chris said poggers, I'm not doing anything. No! I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> Okay. No, I have nothing. I have nothing. <laughs> okay. Dane looks at the other party members, not wanting to step in himself. There's no one going to help him. <sighs> well, hold my Winnebago, please, and tries to hand it to whoever Dane will, will take, take the it. Winnebago. <laughs> Just holding this model in a bag of his hands. Now, Tempest has exactly no plan, but Ashton's had. Oh, the trouble. last time they did that, it went great, so I'm really excited. Don't worry, I know him. Oh, right on through. <laughs> They're gonna take a second to think and then walk up to Ashton and just stand there until they're addressed while they think of something. Oh and they're God. just standing behind him, like sort of polite, like you know when you're, you know when your your dad's checking you into the hotel, and you're just standing there with your bag, so you're just kind of making polite eye contact with the guy behind the counter. They're doing that. Okay, that's not. No, helping. no, they they um, don't have anything at this point. They're gonna wait till Ashton says something, or until something changes, and then try and work oh, with that. Oh my goodness. They have okay, nothing. Okay, I think. Uh, I think Fitz, then I'll just, I'll just, you know, fine. Um, Fitz says to you, Ashton, I looks over the 50, you know, for, for, I, I might could slide one, maybe two through for you. I don't think I can expend much more, uh, more than, than that. Uh, any, any more will, will slip. Uh, will be a little bit too hard to slip under you know, security's noses. Right, I uh, completely understand. I uh, do appreciate it. And he will look back to the group and he'll be like, "All right, uh, let's uh, come together real quick." And uh, he will gesture for uh, them to like walk out to the front, or like not to the front, but a little bit back to like the like way. Like some somewhere that's like not like out in the open right now. Okay. Okay. Dane will glump over there yeah. with the model Winnebago. All right. <laughs> Jimmy comes in, puts his wings up. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> right, you. Um, I'm glad this is a football huddle now. Yeah. Um. So I was able to kind of deal with my boy over there. Uh, good chap. Uh, I'm going to be able to get two of us in there, no problem. And by two, I mean me and then two others. Yes, that is what is to be clear to be Okay. Um, so we can do that. The rest of us, however, are going to need to hide. 
I mean, we've got a bag and a Winnebago. I like how you think. Could we put... Is there a way that we could get the others in the Winnebago? You're definitely one of the ones coming along because I want to see your reaction. Okay. Um, theoretically, maybe. Uh, I'm... I'm pretty good at taking shit where it's not supposed to be, so I'll handle the bag holding part. All right. He just kind of like does like thumbs up to M, <laughs> like double <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. So take everyone out to the parking lot and put them in my in my car. <laughs> that is also a bag size now. <laughs> just, yeah, just, yes, just but the bag is infinite, or at least seemingly infinite. So that's not the primary issue. Winnebago is a suitcase, and the bag is like carry on. Suitcase size, so a, a big old one. And I have not witnessed a Winnebago in real life. I'm picturing like you know the van in Phasmophobia that has the two big doors. No, but I assume everyone else here does because everyone else yeah. here plays Phasmophobia. Now yeah. I'm picturing this Winnebago being the size of like a trunk. Like not a, a non-insignificant size of ba- of like bag, right? Mm, it's bigger. The Winnebago is bigger. bigger. Definitely longer. Yeah, a little bigger. A uh, little bigger. You ever been on a public bus? Yeah. But no, but it no. Yeah. I mean the doors. Because my thought was, if this is a roughly like a college trunk-sized Winnebago with big old doors at the back. It would be a tight squeeze, but we could get the little ones in. We could get the well, Jimmy. So here's there. the thing. We said that the exterior, I, I will, there can be some spatial fuckery with the climbing into the Winnebago. I'm fine with that. That's part of you choosing that the interior is comfortable. I, I think that's fair. Is, is that like a, a person could get into it? Yeah, I'm curious how Cassandra feels about being in a, a car with Dane for any extended period of time. No. That's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also, like, Cassandra also motions to their bag. It's like, I could, I could also... We do have two bags. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, we don't need to have you in there for a prolonged period of time, just until we get to the freight elevator. What is the problem again? With some sort of security clearance? Right, like, you're supposed to be, like, on a list or something. It's like a... I probably whole... am already on this list. I... Is Dane on that list, Dana? <laughs> Dane, do you want to go up and ask? Yeah, Dane will walk up and be like, the name was what again? Like, walk up to the person, the fit to Fitz. Uh, he's in like, what is your name? Yeah, like, what is your name? <laughs> Can you not read? He has a name. He has a name. Dane doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, are you referring to, to me, sir? Let Dane looks around. I believe... Yes, unless there is. Um, my my else. name is uh, Fitz. How can I help you at um, your visit to the Gateway Hotel today? I need to get to Atlantis. <laughs> oh, okay. I was supposed to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Fitz kind of is does like a. He doesn't, you're a guest, so he's not going to shush you, but he does sort of give like a bit of, I mean, there's a Mothman in the lobby, so it's not like anyone coming in wouldn't know that this is for, I guess. There's probably some monitoring a little bit, yeah. but. Um, it's cosplay. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good cosplay. It's a really but good basically, cosplay. I think what Fitz is just going to say is, um, I'm, well, uh, do you have a name, sir? 
that I can look up? Dane. Okay. He goes to his records and then you see him pull up like, uh, I think he types it into his little, you know, computer there on the side, looks at it. His eyes actually just get slightly bigger for a sec. <laughs> Maintains professionalism though. And says, oh, I, I, of course, of course, Mr. Dane. Um, no, your, your party, um. <laughs> what? Hold on. <laughs> I know. I, I thought if known, I would have. Um, I'm, I'm very, but your um, your uh, your your party will absolutely be, you know, there at the at the uh, customs to to meet you. So don't worry about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a complication to this method, so it's not yeah, perfect. Do we have to go through <laughs> customs. <sighs> But we're in. <laughs> okay, so this is what y'all have. You have the option of everyone can just go with Dane and see what happens, why Dane can get in so easily. Or you can go with one of your more convoluted routes and potentially avoid that. But if you go in, yeah, but if you go in through Dane's thing, whoever it is that's waiting for Dane is going to know. Yeah. If there, yeah. if there might be some benefit to splitting the party here, so. Yeah, I can take two people and then. Because you don't want to be seen in town, really, right? Oh, wait, no, you have business there. Yeah, and also so. I can pass through customs. It's Jimmy that shouldn't be seen well, there. Uh, Jim, Jimmy should Correct. not be seen. Right. <laughs> Jimmy has a close. Right. 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 Jimmy right. needs to hang out in the Winnebago because uh, Ashton can. Bring yeah, just like get two people. Yeah. yeah, so I can take Jimmy. Jimmy should probably stay in a bag anyways, though. Yeah, generally uh, speaking, I mean, yeah. All right, Jimmy's going to stay in the bag. <laughs> you know what? That's probably for the best. But you got, I am the, probably the most proficient at conversating, but... Just know, get in the bag. Yeah. Fine. He climbs in the bag. <laughs> but he, he looks back at y'all and pouts. And then Am just kind of pushes his head down into the back. <laughs> Thank you. I I've been wanting to do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that this occurs outside where Fitz is not just gonna yeah. see you shove yeah, the yeah, yeah. into the back because that's conspicuous and sketches. Yeah. So we're what we are we we do need one more person. So God. is it gonna be you or me or M? Here's the options. Ashton can take, I said, two people. I did not, this is always the logistical stuff that always ends up being the long stuff. Ashton can take two people with him through. Um, and if you leave the wolf behind in the river with the cabbage, no. Oh my God. <laughs> Ashton can take two people with him through. And Dane has, the reason Dane can get in is because someone has put his name on the list. And when he goes through, they're going to know. And his, he said, your party will meet you there. You know, like when someone meets you at the airport, right? Yeah. So Dane has people waiting on him. I don't even know if Dane knows who those people are, nor if he cares. Dane doesn't. Yeah, so that's why I said at customs is just, I meant more like at, you know, the checkout or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call that at the airport departures. And then, uh, so anyone that goes with Dane might get wrapped up in whenever that is. Mm-hmm. Ashton can currently only take two people. So if Dane goes by himself to be the only one exposed to this risk, uh, Jimmy's already stuffed in his bag, which Jim is going to transport and will begrudgingly make sure it gets across. 
if Ashton can only take one more person, that would leave either Tempest or Cassandra. So someone has to, Cassandra could go in their own bag and then M could just carry both bags in through. Yes. Ashton requested that Tempest go with him. However, they do not need to do that. That seems to be more for Ashton's amusement than anything else. Oh man, I just had the funniest image. Just putting the bag inside the bag. <laughs> you could do that. Yeah. I don't really know what that would accomplish well, in this context. Death. It's just it's just one bag M has to carry now. Because, <laughs> uh, uh, what was it? Um, Cassandra, Cassandra would carry Jimmy's bag. Cassandra would go into her bag. And then M okay. would just carry the one yes. bag. <laughs> Please. Please, can we do 100%. the rest of this Russian doll scenario of bags? <laughs> we showed, and we showed there's no negative side effects because Jimmy comes out of Cassandra's bag with his bag. Okay, yeah. okay. I think that's what you do then. Yeah. I think you grab Jimmy's bag. Before we do that, uh, Tempest just leads over to Emma, like stage whispers. You know, you could just leave him here. I'm just suggesting it. I'm just saying. And then I think Cassandra takes the bag and <laughs> proceeds to hop into her, her own bag. Yeah, and there goes our chance. That's all right. If I let him out of my sight, it's going to make things worse. This way, I at least get to keep him around. Mm. Where I can see him, even if I don't really love that either. The sacrifices you're making are appreciated. Yeah, sure. All right. Oh, <laughs> this is fucking stupid. Let's go. It's fucking brilliant. And Ashton will like do like a little like salute, like the two finger like salute. Yeah, the to, two fingers. See you later. Yeah, see you later to Fitz, and then just like walk, start walking. I guess. Would da- so? It where's Dane being directed to? Um. Same place. I'm actually going to give a fun bit of detail. Do you say pre-check? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, base, uh, sort of, sort of. Um, there's like the main freight elevator like you talked about. And then there's like a gold gilded elevator to the side <laughs> of it. And that's the one that Dane is being you- led through. <laughs> you asshole! <laughs> it's going to come crashing down on Dane in yeah. a bit. Don't worry. I will see you down there. <laughs> I love that Dane has no appreciation for this, no. despite being the one who's getting that. Oh, yeah. You're just like, <laughs> I will see you down there. Oh, I think um, I think uh, some sort of butler-looking guy with a, a, a complimentary service of, like, complimentary pastries, you know, just for the deluxe del- guests. He's Happy just there for you. Uh, yes, Dane, I'm sure Dane is... Dane will walk past them, look at all the pastries, take the whole tray, and continue on. Oh, no, he's there for you. Like, oh. he's literally just walking. Yeah, this is oh. the VIP treatment, my oh. friend. This is how fancy D- this shit Daniel's, is for you. Daniel's th- Ashton looks on and confusing. Yeah. yeah. confusing look on his face. Why does Pastries. this feel like it's like some... You know in movies where everything's going really well and then everything explodes? What does that's this just, feel like that? That's been our life for the past few weeks, dude. Except everything it. goes badly and then it explodes. So this is like, enjoy it. Yes, but you're you're expecting that. I really want that elevator to explode right now. Maybe it will by the uh, time it hits bottom. You don't know. Let's be optimistic. Oh, it doesn't. Right. It doesn't really move, but you'll see in a second. All right. Yeah, it's weird. Hop in. Yeah. Break. We let's go. Ash- Atlantis time. Ashley will press the button to open the elevator doors for okay, the they open. normal freight elevator. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
so bitter. Sorry. No, it's going to be really, it's, really bad for Dane in a, be bear, bad in a funny way. Yeah, it'll be great. Right, Dane. See you later. Goodbye. Do see you please. shortly. And Dane will enter his own elevator. Okay. See you in a minute. Everyone else gets in their elevator, right? Hops in. Ashton, take it away, bud. I'll let you describe what happens. All right. Once the elevator door is closed, Ashton walks over to like the row of buttons and all that. And, you know, they all look like, you know, normal buttons. If one were to like start pressing them, they would notice that they're like fixed. They're not actually like able to be like pressed inward. Instead, what Ashton does is he nick his finger by biting it a little bit. And he's basically going to like connect the dots on these buttons in like a certain like not like pentagram shape but more of like at first it starts out as like a kind of upside down dome Uh uh-huh and then that hums and like the blood that was there blows and then vanishes and then he does a line across same there and then finally he does one just straight down the middle and then the entire um elevator starts to kind of you know like hum and then the bottom, the floor starts to slowly fill with water. What? <laughs> Ashton? What? I hate this part. Are we supposed to be able to breathe underwater oh, now? Uh, just don't think of it as water. You'll be fine. What? It's <laughs> like, keep breathing like normal. Don't worry about well, that's it. That's reassuring. It's not really there. Well, I mean, it is there, but it's not like water. (laughs) None of that helps me. (laughs) Just relax, okay? And he'll like lean against like the wall as like the entire elevator still fills with water. Just close your eyes. It makes it easier. They will do that. I hate everything about this. So the thing is, is that the water, you can feel it's like... It's not cold, but it's that kind of like mix between warm and cold and you feel it like, you know, like splash against your legs, but like it doesn't feel wet. Like you don't like feel your any of your clothes or socks or shoes get wet at all. It's just like it's there. You can feel its presence, but it doesn't like, you know, it doesn't like drench you like you think it does. And like slowly, it's not feeling like slowly anymore. I'd say like in about a matter of a minute, it is like up to your neck and then it is past that until it is just completely filled with water. And then the lights in the elevator go out. And then we have an interesting feeling for everyone here. Because the previous feelings of water filling up without drowning have not been interesting If you have a phobia of drowning, going to Atlantis is not for you. I do have a phobia of drowning. Trust me, being Um, in a box full of water... You'll notice that, like, you're not suffocating. You're not, like... You don't feel water, like, go into your lungs. Like, you, if you take a deep breath, you can still breathe like normal. It's like the water isn't there, but it's also there at the same time it's very puzzling and then as the lights go out everyone in the elevator gets the feeling of suddenly being not torn but removed from their own bodies like an out of body experience we're all dissociating now 
Next on you, I can do that in my very own home. We dissociate. Together, together as one. So everyone's just shifting. They're all shifting to Hogwarts. Like oh, God, no. Oh, God. Please continue, Chris. Yeah. This is good. So slowly, it feels as if you're being, like, taken out of your own, like, body. And suddenly, at this point, if it weren't for the water or the water-like presence around everyone, it would feel like a very sudden change of temperature. But... Since it's there, it goes from like being a little bit chilly to frigid. It's cold. It doesn't feel cold like, oh, like my skin is cold. It just feels like the center of your being is just physically and like spiritually like cold. And then within the matter of could be seconds, minutes, days, months, who knows? Everyone in the elevator is suddenly slammed back into their corporeal selves as the lights turn back on. And then all the water is just gone. And you have that lingering feeling of like cold texture of all the water that was there. And then you feel the elevator begin to slow, which is weird because you never felt it moving in the first place. And then... It hits wherever it was going. And with a ding, the doors slowly slide open. Jesus fucking Christ, warn me next time. It's fun, isn't it? They look a little unsteady. They go, fun is not the word I would use. <laughs> it's, how are you doing, Em? I'm fine. It's whatever. I don't like it, but... I swear I'm the only one that likes that. That tracks. <laughs> Can I describe what it is you see out of the elevator, Chris? Absolutely. That is, that was it. That was my bit. Oh, that was fantastic. Oh yeah, that was really good. Yeah. So this is what you see out of the elevator is the first. It, you probably are, are first kind of concerned of just sort of getting used back to your own senses after that literal out of body experiences Ashton described. But the next thing that you experience is probably what comes back to you first is the sounds. It's loud. It sounds like like an airport or a busy train station, something like that. Not only is it multiple languages, as you might find at, say, an international airport or something, but, but even just some of the sounds being made, not all the voices sound human. Um, and then as you, you know, kind of step out and look, you see yourself on a platform looking out on what almost does sort of look like the customs at an airport line. And it's a lot to take in at once. Um, The architecture on the inside is mostly modern, but uh, you can tell that there's remnants of what looks kind of more, you think of like ancient Mediterranean architecture from the original Atlantis. And the light coming in everywhere is, is that kind of sort of twilighty sort of light. It's it's strong enough that you can see without much of an issue, but um, especially with the electric lights on in the place. Uh, but it definitely has a weird sort of shimmer to it, almost like light that you see at the bottom of a swimming pool. And it just laid out before you in a bunch of lines, um, you know, being sorted through and filed and checked and stamped 
are all manner of people and people adjacent entities. <laughs> There's plenty of humans, bug people, some creatures in mechanical suits of different kinds, sort of entities made out of condensed shadows. <laughs> just, just anything strange thing that your brain could come up with is probably present somewhere in that line. And you're in Atlantis. Do we see any fib? Any, um, no, this is an intriguing <laughs> thing. Uh, like, when you say fib, you mean fish people or... Th- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, actually, like, even though Dane's not there, I'm curious on the part. So this part is an intriguing from. thing. I don't know if any of you get a good angle at this. Any of the fish people that you see, um, at least the ones that you see in this space, they would all be wearing mechanical suits, which are essentially reverse, reverse diving suits. Um, I think you might see a few that are, say, amphibious, right? That don't need that. Um, but a lot of the actual, like, mermen and things like that are going to be wearing suits that they have to go through here. I will say at this point, just so that they can be involved in the scene, M has pulled, like, opened up Cassandra's bag. And I'm like, you can come out now. Just keep him in his bag, so, please. So so the funniest thing is, is as M's opening the bag, start hearing muffled sounds. It's like first it's kind of like uh, uh, like Cassandra trying to like like sounds like Cassandra is struggling, and then and then once M opens the bag, it's like why couldn't you stay in your fucking bag? I wanted to see. I got bored. Uh, we're inside my bag. It's like as Cassandra's like just trying to crawl out, but Jimmy's trying to crawl out alongside <laughs> yes. her, so they're like <laughs> just. And so Cassandra just just lifts a hand out, puts it on top of his head, and just shoves him back in. Jimmy still tries to crawl out of the bag unless you stop him. Yeah. Are you just going to let him, or are you going to try to stop him? No, I was going to stop him. But I, but, I went, but I had like a whole bit prepared for this and everything. Nope. You just see limbs coming out of the bag and Cassandra halfway out. <laughs> just, just wait so- a second. Sandra just like reaching down and just shoving Jimmy back into the bag. It's like, wait your turn. I like the image of like Jimmy like like getting a head stuck out and then Cassandra placing a foot on his face and shoving him back in as Cassandra helps themselves out of the bag. Cassandra, if you move really quickly, we can close it. Cassandra's not listening. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of struggling. Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just had a bit prepared. That's all. <laughs> It was gonna be funny. I I do like to imagine it's like as they're getting out, it's like Cassandra like manages to wriggle the bag off of, and they just toss it on the floor. (sighs) Okay. Em just grabs the bag. Here, let me do it. I know how this works, and she just ties a very specific and complicated knot with the bag strings, and it's just like it's fine. There's no way he'll ever get that open. It bothers him every time. Thank you. I should have done it sooner. It's my bad. I've been tired. All right, let's go. Stepping out of the bag, they're just dusting moth dust off themselves. (sighs) I'm pretty sure there's a lint roller somewhere. If that helps. Dane, um, you see your friends get on the elevator. They go have their fun time. And then you proceed to get on the elevator with your your new butler friend. He does not say anything. He just um, folds up the tray of now completely cleaned up 
snacks. Mm-hmm. Not um, a single crumb. Not a single crumb. <laughs> Do the tongues come out and lick up any of the yeah. crumbs? Mm-hmm. Okay. He, this guy's seen some shit. It's it's fine. It's enough for Tuesday for him or whatever day it is. Right. And then there's just a few buttons on the elevator. It kind of looks like a standard elevator. Mm-hmm. And he presses button. And as the doors close, uh, you feel a slight hum in the elevator. And then you hear a ding. And the elevator doors open. <laughs> there is none of the complicated stuff involved in the uh, not first class elevator experience. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dane, Dane shrugs. Sorry, Chris. Uh, Dane shrugs and uh, walks out of the elevator. I hope you have a delightful stay in Atlantis, sir. Yeah, sure. Um, your party will be... Uh, down the hall um, at the uh, first class customs. I don't know this party, but okay. And then they'll uh, make their way down to the first class customs. Okay, you you know I you know you you're used to seeing some strange stuff. You walk around, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's a similar sight, except this seems to be like this elevator seems to have gone to, again to a more closed off kind of fast track area mm-hmm. but as you turn a corner you look down some stairs you know you see a few folks with some signs you know maybe holding it up for like different parties and things like that and then mm-hmm. you see a group of people all dressed in these black robes and they have these hats on and on the hats is a design um they're kind of tall um but sort of flat fronted if that makes sense to where you could have a larger design on them yeah uh, almost like, almost kind of like old-timey pirate hats but not not quite but just that, that sort of general shape we think of okay um, and uh on the front of the hats drawn is the pattern of a stylized open mouth with teeth in it and a big eye in the center <laughs> oh no <laughs> and w- and when they see you, one of them at the front points and says, He's here! At long last, our savior has returned! <laughs> what? <laughs> Dana, what? Is it called, is it called a Winnebago? Cause it's like, you know, like, you know how like candy bars have like fun size and like family, (laughs) like, so like, is it Winnebago? Cause it's like winner size.